1: To the Freedom Pact, welcome back to the Freedom Pact Podcast and a happy New year today on the show, I am joined by Jason Bell. Jason is a former American football player who was cornerback in the NFL for the Dallas Cowboys, the Houston, Texas, and the New York Giants. Jason is now a presenter of NFL coverage in the UK, featuring on the NFL show on the BBC and has become a fan favourite in the UK for his coverage of the Super Bowl. In this episode, Jason and I discuss why focus is so important to achieving your goals this year and how it helped him throughout his career. He also explains the main differences in mentality that separate the elite from the rest and how you can develop those traits and more. We also discussed the importance of living a happy life, a life that makes you truly happy, and why a positive attitude can make all the difference in everything you do. If you have seen Jason on anything in his interviews, on the NFL show, on Strictly Come Dancing, you'll know that he is one of the most positive people on the planet, and it is really infectious, so get ready to smile with this one. Let's jump straight into it. Here is my conversation with Jason Bell. Jason, welcome to the Freedom Pack podcast. What's happening, man? It's a pleasure to be on here. So when I whenever I speak to athletes, I love to ask this question. So you've undoubtedly known many people in football who've made it to the top. They made it to the elite. And you've probably known a lot of people who didn't quite make it what are the biggest commonalities in the in the mentality of the people who made it compared to those who didn't quite make it to the elite wow um there's a
0: lot of different factors i mean that's a multifaceted question but you know i, I would say determination i know that's easy but this resilience uh, it's always focus on whatever the goal or the task is, whether short or long term. I've always seen people that have achieved a lot in athletics that have the ability to focus on that um, with veracity. I mean, they are on top of it at all times. And, you know, it seems to be that they're never, no matter what's happening, they have the ability to continue to lock in on that. Uh, The best players I've been around have that. Uh, no matter what's going on, no matter what the distractions are, they are focused in on what they need to achieve. And I've actually learned that from a lot of the greats I've been around. Mm.
1: Do you think that resilience is something that people are born with or something you can develop? Wow. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's that whole nature
0: <laughs> versus uh, nurture. I think it's something you can develop, but I also think it is something you might be born with Uh I think I've developed it I've, I've my parents would say I was born with it <laughs> so but I, I look at my journey and I think of all the challenges and it's something that I've continually had to work on and I still work on today
1: who would you say is some of the most resilient people you've known in your life then wow
0: I'd have to look at my grandparents I'd have to look at my parents and probably a lot of my close friends it's it's people that you're close to that you can see what they've overcame and their ability to continue to focus and be positive so it's it's all the people I've that I look up to that I'm close to and play people I played with you know a lot of my best friends are a former teammates and just seeing them do things that not weren't necessarily things that they did on the field but how they conducted and lived their life and overcame challenges off the field
1: mm. I often uh say to people that I think pe- we need to be more childlike because that's when we tend to listen to our, our wildest dreams I guess when you grow older you start to talk yourself out of being able to achieve your dreams I mean like you think back to kids you ask them what they want to be when they grow up It's an astronaut, it's an athlete, it's the president, but as we grow up, those dreams seem to slip away from us, so what do you remember about the time where you started having this dream of becoming a professional athlete?
0: Wow, that dream probably didn't... I mean, when I was young, I, I loved NFL, I loved football, so I would imagine being an nfl player but that was never the goal that was never the purpose of why i played i played because i enjoyed the game and as i continued on that journey on each level i i wanted to play so i knew i had to be good and play better so i can get to the next level so once i got to college i thought i want to keep playing so to do that i got to go to the pros but you know you made a great statement being childlike and i think what happens to us as we get older, we start to listen to other people and other people's opinion of us and other people saying things that uh, that we let them influence our future. And as a child, you just don't do that really. Um, you continue to ask why, you continue to just move forward and face those challenges because as a child, like I have a six-year-old daughter, every day is a challenge. Something's new every single day. So imagine she didn't go out there and approach life like this is a learning opportunity. She would get nowhere. Uh, and I think that's what I've realized about myself, even in retirement and going on to the next phase of my life that I need to have that same mentality.
1: You mentioned there about you just love playing football. What did football do for you? So off the pitch growing up, I imagine it taught you a, a high level of discipline, motivation.
0: Yeah, all those things. You know, I think when you're, especially when you're a child and you're younger, you could get distracted by a lot of things and it, what it did, it prevented that. There was no distraction. I had one goal. Everything I did was focused on being a football player. What I ate, how I slept, how I trained. It probably kept me away from a lot of things that would have been uh, negative, would have had a negative impact on my life. So I'm thankful for sports because of that. And that's what I always say to parents or anyone talking about uh, the game of football and should they let their child play. I always talk about the things that I learned in youth sports and what that did for me uh, through my entire uh, life and adulthood. So it just keeps you so focused. And and I think that's the key, especially when you're younger, when you can be distracted by a lot of negative things.
1: The sort of sporting system in the U.S. is very different um, to how it is over here, especially, you know, from youth. It seems to be tied into sort of educational institutions over there. So whilst you were going through high school, college, etc., and you were on this path to becoming a pro footballer, how did you sort of keep the motivation and keep the grind when you were surrounded? by? I see kids over here in university and everything's about partying, it's about having fun, and I wouldn't assume those people to be able to apply themselves too professionally to any one thing. How did you keep that going? I think, you
0: know, what we've been talking about, I had a, I had a goal. And, you know, listen, college, university, it, you should have a good time. It's your last, you're, you're about to go into adulthood real fast and a lot. <laughs> so you need to understand, like, I get why kids when I was in school were having a good time, you know, partying. Uh, they didn't have a game on Saturday. You know, they didn't have to do that. And because that's what my goal was, that's what my focus was, I didn't have time for anything else. There are plenty of athletes that I saw, that partake, partake in those things. But, you know, did they make it to the NFL? Some of them did, did they last long? Not a lot. And it's that self-discipline. So, you know, you have to, we all have things we care about. We all have things that we want to achieve. If we just allow ourselves to do that and prevent distractions, unhealthy distractions, I think we all can achieve the goals we wanna do. It's a daily battle, it's a daily grind, it's hard. You're gonna have good days, bad days, ups and downs. But if you win more than you lose, you're gonna be headed in the right direction.
1: Mm -hmm. A lot of athletes I speak to um, tell me that in their mind, there was never a plan B. They never let themselves have a plan B. Uh, For you, I know, I think I read online that you majored in history at university. Was there a plan B for you or was it football or bust?
0: It was a plan B for me from the day I got into UCLA. Mm -hmm. I always knew, you know, at first I wanted to teach. So that's why I went into history. I wanted to be a teacher. The coolest guy in my high school was a teacher. I thought, man, this guy is, and he was a water polo coach. And I was like, man, this guy's the man. So I wanted to be a teacher. But as I continued on, I realized I loved art history. So I thought maybe I'd do something in that. And then I got hurt in college. And once I got hurt and I missed a year, I didn't know if I'd ever play again. So at that time, I knew I was going to go into finance, some sort of finance, um, if I didn't make it in the NFL or I didn't get the opportunity. Uh, And it took the injury for me to realize that because it was something that I couldn't control. So, you know, if I couldn't get back on the field, uh, my plan B became my plan A which is you got to continue life so when i went to the nfl i always had that mentality because i almost did not make it so i was always prepared for the next step even though i was fully engaged in my sport and being the best i could i was always ready uh for the transition phase
1: Mm -hmm. it's interesting what you said there about your your teacher in school and it's exactly the same thing that happened to me uh, when i was in school the coolest guy the coolest teacher was my history teacher Um, and I ended up going to university to do history because I wanted to be like him. I wanted to come back to the school and be the next, uh, that be the next version of that teacher. Um, and he was a mentor to me from an early age, but as you've grown up now and through your career, who have been some of the biggest mentors and influences on your life and and what have they taught you?
0: Oh, wow. That's a lot. You know, it's my grandmother but I, she passed away when I was young, but I just remember a lot of things she taught me. Of course your mother and your father, that's, that's an easy one. So I'll, I'll go to the next step, which uh, my best friend who's like a brother, uh, he's older than me. And he, he taught me a lot from what a peer can teach you. He was always about five years ahead of me and everything. So he was able to break down things that were going to happen in my life but also be there when I failed. I also had a mentor that was with me. My, uh, I met my, I think my, my first year in the, uh, in the league and he was friends with my agent and he was a mentor to me all the way through my whole career. Just, he was so important for that phase in my life. Then I had another mentor who I started uh, when I went into finance and he taught me the business and uh continued to mentor me i had so many players that i'm still close with that taught me the game and taught me how to prepare and i was able to watch and what i tell people about mentorship is you you need to be a mentor and a mentee you need both in your life at the same time you need someone inputting knowledge in you and you need to do the same for someone else i think it's important for the cycle and i've always had someone in each phase of my life doing that for me and me also finding someone that i could help and do the same and that's why i've been blessed to have so many mentors i couldn't just say one it's been so many but they've all helped and especially in specific times in my life especially
1: i love that i think the so the final step of learning something is being able to teach it to somebody else. And you, you, you mentioned your, your daughter earlier. What are some of the the lessons now you've learned throughout your life that you try and pass down or maybe you would have said to yourself 10, 20 years ago? Wow. You know, the main thing is I'm trying to get her to realize is,
0: Don't listen to other people's opinion. And I know that's hard for a six year old, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to get her to understand that what people say, you know, if it's, you know, there are things people say to you that you have to listen to and they come from a good place, but a lot of times they aren't. And I don't want that to impact her as a person and how she views herself and what she believes in. And, you know, they say this in her school all the time and I love it, it's a growth mindset. Don't be scared. And don't be fearful of taking on challenges. You can only grow from failure or success. Both of those things uh, have this, you know, they do the same to you. They help you grow, they help you move forward. And just letting her know it's okay to fail at things, but just try and learn from it and learn to face your fears. I kind of keep those simple, basic concepts. They kind of tie into everything we have conversations about, but you know, those are the main things.
1: I love that. That's something I want to touch on in a in a short while. But before we get there, if we fast forward now to your your pro career, do you remember at the time when you switched from amateur to pro? What were the sort of biggest things you noticed in terms of a shift in mentality or a shift of approach from the amateur to the elite level? Because a lot of people in sports say that that transition is massive. Uh, first of all, it was a business, mm-hmm. so you
0: understood this is this is not what you thought it was coming out of university or college where, you know, the team was a family, you know, you were with the players on your team for so many years, nobody got cut, you know, kicked off the team or anything like that. Cause of a performance, you might've lost your position, but you didn't, uh, you weren't eliminated from the team or the roster. So you realized it was a business and you had people from all different walks of life. So, you know, People had families, you know, it was, you know, it wasn't the same. And and I think the other thing on a on a skill level is the for me in the NFL, the big guys were so athletic. You know, little guys were fast and, and they were around. You 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 just you had less, you had more little guys that were fast on the team. Uh, but they were in college you saw them but those big guys i had never seen anything like it i mean those are big humans that can move fast so that was the biggest difference on the field and you just saw it was all about taking care of your business and you saw the people that had all of the skill sets to really focus in and take care of and and take care of their job they had success and and you could see it everybody was the best players were really focused in on that the little things
1: Mm -hmm. One thing that fascinates me about American sport in general and American football is the the following and the the feeling behind it. I mean, we have, you know, our version of football here in the UK, which I love. And that has, you know, a very strong cult following and the fans are really passionate fans. But in the US, it seems like whenever there's a, a big sporting game, the sort of country tends to stand still and everything just seems to focus in on it. It seems to be a big, grandiose feeling around American sport. And so that begs the question, when you're playing a game, I imagine the pressure must be insane. How did you, what was your process like for dealing with pressure at the elite, elite level?
0: Well, you try to focus in the, on the only thing you can control, right? And for me, it was the calm before the storm. I understood when I got on the field, the energy was gonna be there. It was gonna be electric. So I tried to keep that in and contain that for as long as I could and just had my routine, how I warmed up, how I got prepared, uh, the small things, like I said, how I can control. But once you're on the field, it's amazing. You really only focus in on the players around you and the sideline. You really, I didn't really hear the crowd until after a play. Like after a play, you're celebrating. You engage with them. You feel it. You feel their energy. But once it's in that process of the play, you're just locked in. You have that tunnel vision and focus. So it was very strange. It was like a camera coming in and out, and that's how it was with me. You know, when I was on the field, it was a camera with a tight angle. But when I was off, I saw it all, or went in between plays. So uh, that's how it was. But yeah, you just, you know. You just have to have your process, and all players have a different one, but you just stick to that because, once again, you don't want any negative thoughts to come in and cloud your judgment and tr- and limit your execution.
1: Mm. You mentioned something there that reminds me of a concept from stoic philosophy, which is just to focus on things that are in your circle of control. Um, not external things you can't control and that might be down to the the smallest example so you know when you when you're driving and someone cuts you off i mean there's no point getting angry about it because you can't control it's already happened is that something that you tend to apply to your life is just focusing on what you can control rather than what you can't control and giving energy to things that way
0: every day every day and some days better than others some periods in life better than others but i always try to think of you know I can control my thoughts, I can control my actions, I can control my attitude, and I can control my effort. Mm-hmm. And those are things, if they don't come into that circle, I really don't have time for them because I can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And it's easier said than done, but if you, uh, if you have a game plan and you're faced with an uncertain challenge, at least you have tools in your bag to go to. And that's what i try to use uh it's a daily daily struggle but i kind of enjoy it you know you learn each day did i win today did i lose today what can i fix you know i wake up every morning and i go through this um mental mindset where i first thing i tell myself before i do anything what i'm thankful for and what my intention is for the day and then i remind myself i am right here right at this moment And as I go through the day, when I don't do that, I can see the difference. I can see that I'm not fully locked in or engaged. It's as simple as something like this we're doing. Uh, Who knows what you were doing before this interview? Who knows what I was doing? But if I'm not present at this time, uh, I'm not getting the most out of this, nor are you. And that's all we can control. You know, we can't control anything else. So we all have those challenges each and every day where even if we fail 10 minutes before that, we got another chance to get better and be present and control what we can control. Love that, man. There's
1: something you mentioned there that I hear a lot from high performers I've interviewed is this idea of gratitude and practicing gratitude. Um, I wonder what other daily practices do you try and fit into your routine? It might be, you know, maybe mindfulness or, you know, being conscious of your sleep or a fitness routine. What are the things that are core to your, What are you constantly aware of and thinking about in your daily life? It's amazing, you mentioned three of them. I always am focused on fitness and that's
0: because as an athlete, my body has always worked on with that in my life. If I'm not working out, my brain isn't as clear. I'm not as sharp in anything I do. So it's a huge part of my life and a lot of injuries because of the sport I played for so long. So I'm constantly trying to maintain those. I love mindfulness. I love meditation. I love just taking a break and getting your mind clear and coming back to the present moment. I've felt, I feel I've had so much more benefits from that um, in the recent years. I wish I would have used it. I used the form of it when I was playing, but not as in depth as now, but I love it. I, I love working on that. And I, every time I'm in a car, uh, every time on any kind of public transportation, I am locked into some kind of meditation because, you know, a five-minute break can do so much. And sleep, of course. Yeah, I, I try to, when I'm on my A-game, I'm regulating my sleep when I go uh, to sleep at night. Sometimes I'm too busy, but in two or three days of not getting the right sleep, I totally feel the difference. And these are all things I can control and try to find a way to make sure I squeeze into every day of my life
1: amazing american football is is very much um probably the highest example of a team sport it's a collaborative effort what has it taught you about teamwork and relationships both on and more importantly now off the field
0: um so team sports i mean i've always been involved with it so I've talked to friends of mine who are in individual sports, and and we have great conversations about this. And I was talking to a a guy who's a boxer, a famous boxer, and he said something that was so interesting to me. He said he's, one of his best attributes is that because he started with team sports, he knows how to manage the team. Even though it's individual and he's the guy in the ring, he understands how to be a good teammate. I was like, yeah, that's true. So what I've learned in on team sports is how to respect different individuals from all different walks of life. So many different people, so many different point of views. But we have this respect for each other because we see each other and the essence of who we are because of how we work and things of that nature. So even if we have different opinions, uh, whether it's politics, anything else, we still see the common ground. So when we have conversations, we start them from a point of understanding so we can disagree with anything, but we truly understand each other because we, we I respect the person. So what it's done for me is I respect everyone. Even if I have a different point of view, a different belief, I start with respect because then I can have real dialogue and I learned that being in the locker room being that truly is what I learned from being in sports my whole life.
1: Yeah. I think that one thing I've noticed in the last maybe one, two years, especially in my life and through doing this podcast is that everyone in life can teach you something you can learn or something can impact you from anybody. So I think maybe disregarding people based on, you know, first impressions or whatnot is the silliest thing you can do, because sometimes it turns out to be those people that sort of teach you the the biggest lessons in life.
0: Yeah, you know, there's two things I always tell people and especially when I'm having conversations is you have fact, you have facts and you have your opinion. And once you realize what those are, you can have a discussion. It's okay. You know, you can be, you can have an opinion and you can believe in it and you can feel strongly about it, but it's opinion. And let's have a conversation about your opinion. Uh, And I think that when you have healthy debates and healthy conversations, respect and understanding those two components of fact and opinion, you know, you you can always learn something from someone if you go at it and approach it from that angle. Mm -hmm.
1: I think in sport, there's always going to be setbacks and failures and you know, losses to injuries to getting cut. We've talked about that. Um, a few weeks ago, I spoke to another American sportsman from the USA soccer or football, if you will, uh, team. Uh, and he was telling me about all these setbacks he faced in life, but how he didn't let them define who he was and who he came to be. So I wonder what setbacks and have you faced in your life and how have you tackled them and not let them define you or who you turned out to be?
0: Wow, I've had a few and, you know, the first one was getting hurt in college and understanding the biggest hurdle I had with that was my identity was wrapped up with being a football player. So I realized then and there I needed to make sure I understood, understood who Jason was and not just being an athlete. And once I overcame that and it was a hurdle and it was hard and it was difficult, I was, able to, I was able to approach the rest of my football career not being caught up with that being my identity, which was serious, you know, a lot of players go through that. And then another hurdle was just, you know, coming in the NFL, Off of that injury, having to really fight to get a spot on the roster and be on the team as a rookie. And I realized then, you know, Jason, you're the kind of guy, if you just put your head down and work, you can do it. Like you will outwork people. And I learned that about myself and I still carry that on. And that's the reason I lasted in the NFL. If that would have never happened, I don't think I would have lasted as long as I did. And even in retirement, going into the unknown and every other venture I've taken, those skills that I learned from early on in my career of who I was and what I I can do if I just allow myself to be in the moment, have really guided me. I understand that I'm gonna be nervous, I'm gonna be fearful, I'm gonna be scared, I'm gonna doubt myself, but I'm not scared of the work. I'm not scared of the process, so focus on that. And you know, right now I'm having a sense of nostalgia just thinking back to all of these things I've done and just you know it it, sometimes it's it gets quite emotional but you know as I sit here today I'm very thankful for what sports and athletics have taught me about myself because that's how I'm able to use all of those skill sets and everything else I do even being a parent Mm -hmm.
1: and growing up through team sports and you know, competing at the highest level, you've probably met many, many leaders along the way. A lot of coaches, a lot of maybe team captains or team leaders. So in your experience, what do you think are the main qualities that make a really good leader? Uh, Someone who listens Mm -hmm. and someone
0: who shows with action. You know, I think the best leaders I've been around are the best listeners because they actually hear and understand instead of talking. A lot of people give the leadership role to the loudest person in the room or the person who seems like they know what they're talking about because they're voicing their opinion. And those aren't the best leaders I've been around. There are some that do both, but the best ones I've been around are really the best listeners because when you come to them, with a problem or they need to find a solution for the greater good of a team they've heard they've listened they've understood which gives them the ability when they speak and talk to have real impact so you know the lit the best listeners and the ones where you watch them and you watch what they do and you say i need to do that because it's working i mean darren woodson when i was in dallas uh, he's uh in the hall of fame for the dallas cowboys great guy and I just watched him and I said I just got to be like him and he watched me watching him so when I asked him questions he gave me the answers and if I listened to him he gave me more answers and following him was very beneficial because wherever else I went and played I had this mentality where what would Darren Woodson do I saw him and how he acted and and how he approached this business so Once again, he wasn't the loudest guy. He wasn't scared to talk, but he would listen to what you had to say.
1: When you think of great leaders in that world of American football, who are some of the names that come to mind?
0: Wow, I mean, guys I played with, I would say, a guy named Aaron Glenn, who's a coach now for the New Orleans Saints, who was a corner with me in Houston. Great leader, great person, great man a good friend of mine, Antonio Pierce, who's now a coach at Arizona State, linebacker. He was a leader, a leader of men. Michael Strahan, who uh, is in the Hall of Fame I played with in New York, and OC Eumanniora, obviously, who you know, who um, is my buddy. I mean, all those guys were just, they led by example in every possible way. It's just everything they did, you you could learn from and if you didn't it was your own fault because all you had to do was watch and you were going to pick up something that was going to help you in whatever endeavor you would face on or off the field
1: well one question I'd love to ask you and I I ask this to all athletes and you know I've interviewed a few guys from the special forces who have had careers and, and I ask them the same question because you've been this one thing for so long a footballer Uh, you know uh, in the military you've had this career and up to that point that's pretty much all you've ever been and that's where everyone knows you as so when your career came to an end did you struggle at all with identity issues because you know throughout your life you'd been Jason Bell the football player and now you weren't anymore did you struggle with that transition
0: I struggled with the transition but it wasn't because of identity because I had already went through that in college I already knew I was not going to I was no longer going to identify with just being a a football player. So I had I had that was in the past. But it was hard because when I retired even though I was ready for it, I knew what my career was going to be and I was transitioning into that. It's still lonely because your peer group is still playing football. All my friends were still doing the same thing and then my other friends that weren't athletes they were in their careers or whatever they had going on nobody was in that little middle ground like when you first leave university everybody's out there trying to figure it out together hey did you do an interview where are you going what are you doing everybody's confused but you're confused together I was confused by myself luckily a friend of mine a great friend of mine who's another mentor guy named Carlos Emmons, played in the NFL a long time he had a back injury and had to retire the same year I did. So him and I spent a lot of time on the phone talking through this and, and not understanding how we really felt. It was a, a tough time, but at least we had each other to call. We didn't really have anybody else. All, like I said, nobody else was going through it with us. So that, that was the hard part is that no one in your peer group is going through that process with you because nobody retires from the NFL together you're by yourself
1: of that. And when, when you made that transition and you know, you moved into things like finance, you moved into punditry, did you sort of embrace that grind? Was it like when you first started out in football again, you were the small fish in the big pond and were you happy to have that grind back?
0: Yeah, it's just who I am. I luckily I knew how to learn. I knew how to approach the process of getting better at something. And that's what I could focus on. I think sometimes the hardest thing is understanding what kind of learner you are and what is the best approach for you because you start to look at other people that are successful and try to emulate what they're doing. And it's hard to do because they are who they are and they have their own skill set. So I was able to understand who I was, how I dealt with pressure and apply those same things to my future careers. And that really helped me because they were all new, they were all challenging, but yet I was able to say, Jason, you know who you are, you know what works for you, and you know regardless of anything, you're a fighter and you will overcome adversity.
1: Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier on about trying new things and the importance of throwing yourself into those situations. You recently appeared as our UK listeners with no on strictly come dancing or for mm-hmm. our US listeners, uh, the version of, I think it's called Dancing with the Stars mm-hmm. in the United States. My question is why, but are you the my original question was going to be, are you the kind of person that loves putting yourselves out there and outside your comfort zone? Because, you know, you've gone from a very masculine world of American football and thrown yourself into dancing, but not only dancing, but dancing in front of millions of people at home. Um, you know, I know I was watching loads of people I know watch that show. You got all my, all my uh, three votes, by the way, every week. Thank you, man. I so appreciate I'm, that. I was heartbroken <laughs> when you left the show, man. I... I Uh, justice needs to be done but um yeah are you the kind of person that is that why you did it just to throw yourself outside your comfort zone
0: yes yes uh i really i'm the kind of person that understands it's about the journey it's about the journey you know it's about the process of the journey and you don't get a lot of opportunities to really challenge yourself and things that you've learned, new tools and things of that nature, unless you are in a pressure cooker of a situation where everything is, you, everything is difficult all at once. You know, a lot of times in life, thankfully, we don't have, we don't have that kind of situation. It'd be very hard to deal with that on a daily basis. Some people do, but I knew strictly because it is something I'd never done, it's, as far as a skill, um, you have a ton of pressure, uh, you have time constraints, you are going to push yourself mentally and physically. And I thought all these things. So I thought, yeah, you know, this, I should do this. And I had the support of the people close to me. I thought, yeah, let's do this. But once I got involved, I realized, wow, this is tough. This is tough for all the reasons I thought it would be. But now, Jason, let's see who you are. Let's see if you're the person you think you are. And Strictly gave me that opportunity. And that's what I really appreciate it for. I really was able to test a lot of these things that I was using in my life and in an intense nature where I had to lean on them because of the intense the intensity and pressure of the situation. I mean, when you walk on that stage and you realize 10 million people are watching, for me, I had to forget that really quick. Or I had to embrace it and think, this is gonna be so fun. And that's what I did. Every time I went out there, the only thing I thought about was how much fun I was gonna have because of the opportunity I was given. And that's how I played in the NFL. When I really enjoyed it, I got out on the field and I said, man, I love being here. It wasn't about winning or losing and all that kind of stuff, that happened. But I loved being on the grass, every play. And that's how I approached this. And even though it was hard, I loved every second out there on that dance floor. So when I walked away, I was like, I didn't waste a minute. And that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to walk away and think, oh wow, I was too nervous, I was too scared, I was too this, I was too that. I just had a good time. And I was, you know, I tried to do what I did in practice and I tried to have a great time and focus in on what me and my partner Luba were doing and, and just enjoy the moment. And, and I'm very thankful for that because I learned a lot about myself. I confirmed some things and learned some new things.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that really resonated with people because I mean, you smiled throughout it all, man. i that's the one thing I remember even when, you know, you go to the judges and it's being, you know, everyone knows if they want strictly every single movement is scrutinized under the judges and they'll pick <laughs> up on that. But, man, you know, if someone was giving you criticism, you, were sm- you looked happy to hear it. And I remember I, I watched the show with my girlfriend every week, and she was always smiling. And I asked her why, and she was like, you just look so happy. And so you just seem like such a positive person in the face of whatever you're doing. Man.
0: You got to be. I mean, yes, it t- it, I am. And because it's all I can control, like, I can't worry about stuff out of my control. And I'm very thankful for all the opportunities I'm given. There are people in this world really struggling. There are people going through difficult, hard things. And you know what's amazing? They find a way to smile. Mm -hmm. They find a way to be happy. How can I not be happy? How can I not be, how can I be upset when I'm getting critiqued by someone who's telling me about something I've never done before and they're a professional? I can't get mad at that. Like they're professionals. I was a professional. Imagine me telling the the judges about their backpedal and how they tackled, you know, and 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 now that wasn't physical enough, you know. I mean, so I understand. I'm I I am very humble and understanding. We are all great at something, but I enjoy this thing called life because I've watched and witnessed a lot of people fighting and struggling for it, and. Every day I think about that. And I don't wanna waste any time I have because that's the only thing we can't get back. You can lose a lot of stuff. You lose time, it's gone. So I'm trying to enjoy every moment because there's something like we were talking about earlier. You can really learn from different people, different moments, different circumstances, you just got to be present. And when you're present, you're actually happy. I think we're not happy when we're worried about the future too much or we're worried about the past too much. It's hard to be happy. I understand you have to plan and I understand you have to go back and look at things you went through and try to learn from them. But in all honesty, if you're in the present moment, you're usually enjoying yourself
1: love that, man, because um, about a year or two ago, me and my friend, we went to Nepal to the Everest Base Camp trek and we saw these like little kids in in the mountains and, and they lived there and they lived in these tiny little huts. And I remember saying, I was saying to my friend, I was like, oh, these poor kids. And he pointed out, he's like, you could look how happy they are. And look, no matter what this situation, they, they were happier than some of the kids I see over here. And that's probably because they love what they were doing. And that begs the question for you, How important do you think it is for people to live a life that they're passionate about or do a job or a hobby that they're extremely passionate about?
0: Listen, it's very important. And not a lot of people, I understand, we're all working hard and under the current circumstances, you know, some people don't have work. Mm -hmm. So you don't always get to do something you love for work, but whatever you're doing, find something that you enjoy or defines you and you have to ask yourself like what your intentions are and then that will impact your work and then your hobbies and things you do outside of work. You know, focusing on, if you understand what your intentions are in life and what's important to you, those things will come and you will live a life that equates to those things. It, it really will. I know it's, it truly is what you put out there you get if you think i'm a i'm i'm a good person and this is what i want to do and i i'm good to people then in your in whatever you do jobs um hobbies whatever that's who you'll be and you'll find joy in that you know i've always found joy in being who i am i've always loved one thing about sports is i'm i'm a good teammate i like going out there
1: and figuring something out I w- i'm not sure if you're much of a reader or whatnot, but yeah. Okay, so what are some of the biggest books that have impacted you in your life? Oh wow, the biggest. Whew.
0: Well, I love history books. Um, let me see the biggest books. You know what? I'm gonna tell you right now. I, this is this, this is this is. Let me let me let me look and tell you. Mm-hmm. What's hard? This, this is this is tough. This is uh, this is tough. I will say. Let me see what I've read differently. You know what I read recently is Compete to Create. It really good. Um, really, really good book um, by the psychologist who works for the Seattle Seahawks. Very interesting. Love the book. Um, the Divide, um, which, what's his name? Matt, Matt, I forget his name. Matt, to, uh, The Divide. Check that out, though. Really good book um also how to win friends and influence people uh, by dale carnegie love my favorite it.
1: book of all time yeah
0: yeah love that one um something guns germs and steel, steel. Mm-hmm. yeah that's very very good one and football you know i like this what was this other book i read recently um prisoners of geography Ah, i heard someone mention that the other week really enjoyed that understanding kind of how the world shook out by just purely looking at the land uh and what we were given and uh yeah that's that's a couple of them man recent but i'm always reading stuff man oh another one that i like for people to read ego is the enemy oh ryan
1: holiday love Ryan yeah
0: ego is the enemy was very good very Very good And for fun, for anybody who wants fun, a history of the world in six glasses.
1: Hmm, it's intriguing. For for all you
0: drinkers out there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Love it, love it, man. Um, I know we're pressed for time. I got one more question for you. So for me, um, if I go to bed at night and I know that by pouring out these interviews, I've impacted one person, then that makes my life worth living. But for you, What makes Jason Bell's life worth living? Now,
0: every day, my daughter, truly. I understand, uh, I, I get it all now. You know, everything I'm trying to do is to show her exactly what a man should be and what a good father should be and just really do everything I can for her to be able to just achieve all of her dreams. Like
1: that is, I think about that every hour on the day. I mean, nonstop. Beautiful, beautiful, man. Where can our listeners connect with you on social media and the like? Um, Jason33bell, I believe, on
0: Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, Jason33. Twitter, Instagram. And check out the Jason and OC podcast. It's pretty fun and always on the BBC. Uh, Check our show out, man, after match of the day
1: sweet i'll drop loads of links in the description for them jason thanks so much for coming on the podcast um you've really made my day man you've brightened it up and uh, i feel like i'm ready to tackle the day now hey man let's both get after it man i'm fired up too now man you
0: you got me ready to go
1: <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of freedom pact i have been your host lewis We'll see you guys again on Friday. Until then, please check out our Healthy, Wealthy and Wise newsletter at freedompact.co.uk forward slash newsletter and come and join us on YouTube and watch these podcasts in video format at youtube.com forward slash Thank you so much for listening.